On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Everybody hates. No, man, no. This is Tall Can Audio. Follow along on Twitter at Tall Can Audio or at Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Just do it! Hello, everybody. Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio, as Rob sighs at my repetitiveness there, uh, teeing things up. I hope you'll subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Uh, I'm in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Rob's out in Canada, Canada. What's happening today, man? It wasn't wasn't a sigh. Of, 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 yeah, of exasperation. It was just a sigh and a smack of the lips. Yeah. Finishing off a little of the Irish whiskey pre-show. Uh. Yeah, it had nothing to do. Uh, hey, man, I understand you have to give the good listener all that they need to get what they need. It's true, man. Uh, how has what appears to be the first weekend of summer been treating you? Yeah, I was at I out for a walk at the farm and you got people already, you know, tilling and whatnot. Yeah. And you're like, man, it is it is the eleventh of April. It seems super early. Although I do see in the forecast, maybe snow in the in the near forecast. It's always so, one last blast, eh? Yeah. So but it you know what? It's uh I noticed my neighbor put the AC on on Saturday. That badly which, needs to happen here in this building. Okay. Well, and, and, and the beauty is like, I, you know, there's enough wind I'm on an end here. And so there's the wind is blowing through, but, um, he's got a pregnant wife next door. Okay. So all shit goes flying right out the window in terms of, (laughs) we need might need to to be be minus four. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's minus 3.75, Matt is, is how that really goes. But, uh, No, I'm loving Enough it. that that ice cream tub beside her is going to hold. <laughs> well, and I, and I don't need to, yeah, I can just leave it there yeah. on the bed beside me. Right. I don't need to do anything with it. The jar, <laughs> the jar of dill pickles on the other side. <laughs> we kid, ladies, we kid. It's true, but we kid. Right. No, I, I, you know, it's, you know how it is. You've been in here. This, the, when you're in a condo, there is no cross breeze, right? You could get it on one side or you don't. And, uh, yesterday there, Saturday, it was pretty dead. Um, and it was heating up in this, uh, in this building in a big way. It was a little rough sleeping Saturday night. It's dropped down a couple more degrees here Sunday, so not too bad, but, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a little uncomfortable. Well, if I had a yard, I'd be fine with it, but. (laughs) 
Well, you're also elevated there. Get out on the balcony. I did a little bit and uh, did take a walk over and had a, a beer over the back fence with our buddy Ty there on the nice. Saturday afternoon. So got hey, out. So when bit. you were out, when you were out on the on the balcony, did you did you find your crotch attacked by a swarm of wasps? <laughs> I did not. Maybe still no. a little early in the year. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, just something extra inviting about yours, yeah. maybe, man. <laughs> you know that's true. <laughs> it's been said, yes. Nothing like, not that a trip over to visit Matt and have a, you know, outside distance beverage uh, seven or eight floors up. Yeah. But to have a swarm of wasps attack you in the <laughs> upper thigh the shorts. <laughs> and groin area was, um, <laughs> it's really what puts a visit over the top. Well, you were gone. I know you've heard the story since then, but I was out later that night, full beekeeping uniform onto my balcony. And, uh, so this is the end of June and I'm wearing long pants. I got my winter coat and a toque and a hood pulled up. I'm wearing gloves and I'm going to try and get rid of these bastards. Right. And man, just, uh, afraid of what was about to maybe go down, but, uh, yeah, kind of use the goalie stick that I had in my... <laughs> in my storage yeah. unit to bat it off the chair that it kind of hung itself under and through the yeah, railing Rob, down to the parking lot. Yeah. The, one, Somebody the chair that problem. Rob had been, yeah, the, the chair that Rob had been sitting on <laughs> earlier. It's true, man. Going, Hey, Hey, what is that? Whack. Ooh. Hey, whack. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it was, it was hilarious for some of us <laughs> right up at the package area. Yeah. Not a, not a happy camper. Although I, I, I powered through, right? It's true, man couple wow. uh, a bucket of chicken and <laughs> yeah. on with the day uh nah, what are you drinking got, today speaking of pints got a, got a scrotum like a leather bag no problems Oof, Jesus <laughs> again i'm glad i didn't trample that who knows when that clip will come in handy <laughs> um i am going up close to i believe it's close to georgian bay i'm mm. i'm i'm traveling all the way to hanover ontario we have the uh mclean's Lazy, hazy, IPAZ. Yeah. It's right in the name. Yeah. Right. I like it's, it. uh, so uh, I've had a pull on it already. Mm-hmm. Um, very mild. I think it's about 4.8%. But to me, it's it's kind of um yeah, it's it's it it doesn't have any of the hop or the snap that I would expect from a no hop or from snap. A, no, yeah. it's really I, I'm gonna have another pull on this, yeah. but not That's my initial take. Early returns, no good, eh? Uh, this is, I'm pretty sure we've had in here before. I'm I'm working on a repeat. Um, this is the Three Threads Porter from Magnata. Uh, down at, I believe this is a 4.2, I think I read before we got on here. So nice and light for a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> um, although, we'll probably get to a couple of them here as we go. But uh, I'm pretty sure we've had this one before here in the studio. See, I'm not loving this. To me, it's got a light beer feel to it. Yeah. There is no no crispness, no no spark, no snap. It's it's very mild. Um, it, it does have a little of that uh, citrusy finish to it, but okay. yeah. you know, but you know, it's not bad in any way. But it it doesn't really have any of that. What I would expect from an IPA. So um, yeah, it's it's a thumb sideways okay. at best. Right. But I do have two of them, and I will drink them both. <laughs> um. This one, uh, nice, man. It's a little roasty, uh, not too sweet, not too strong, but, uh, yeah, kind of nice. I, I kind of like these roasted ones every now and then, right? I, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but, uh, that's the word yeah. we're going with. Um, 
some news out of England this week. The, uh, I know you have some ties, at least, uh, family-wise to the, uh, to the monarchy. Not blood, cause, uh, nowhere near that dignified, but, uh, the passing of Prince Philip at, what'd they say, 99 or? 99. Baby. No longer yep. on the grind, yeah. baby. On the grind. <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry, your highness, but, um, any thoughts on, on exactly how that played out or not how it played out? Yeah. He's been on it. Yeah, you were, going a little, you were going a little more the DMX way. Yes. Also passing away. I Stole the, the prince's day. thunder, man. Yeah. <laughs> same yeah. day. It's not what you heard. It's what you hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Prince Philip. It's 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 an interesting... Um, I've, I've had it... Well, at least six different members of my family have, have met him. Um, but it's interesting. My dad, I was speaking to my dad yesterday about it. He... Um, who worked in the RCMP, he actually spent quite a bit of time. Uh, he escorted Prince Andrew to school, which he drew the short straw, I think, and came to Lakefield College School <laughs> north of Peterborough. So that's where Prince Andrew came. What the um, hell did he do? Yeah. Well, and clearly, as his life has played out, we can, you know, <laughs> clearly you can blame some of that on north of, north of seven, <laughs> north of seven action, right? Messed him right up. Um, but my dad also served as, um, Prince Andrew's bodyguard at the uh, Commonwealth games in Edmonton. Hmm. So he was out there and, and he was telling a great story about, uh, you know, meeting the queen, meeting Philip and, and Philip saying, and, and if any of you have watched the crown and, and got a little more sort of, cause to me, for most people, I think Philip is just a guy yep. with the queen, right? He's that guy just sort of three steps behind and he's maybe saying offensive things occasionally <laughs> and, uh, you know, sharp and to the point. Right. Um, but he's a bit of an adventurous kind of guy, right? And my dad is saying that Philip came to him and said, Andrew and I would like to see some of some of rural northern Alberta. Hmm. And my dad said, all right, well, we can go for a drive. So it's my dad and his likewise counterpart in the Edmonton police force, saying, all right, we'll take you for a drive. And, and they sort of get in the car and Philip's like, no, no, we want to drive. Oh. <laughs> so my dad's saying, well, what do you say? Right. You're yeah. like, oh, so there's People the, on the right po- side of the road, man. Yeah. There's the Edmonton police officer and my dad in the back seat while Philip and Andrew are in the front seat piloting their way all around, uh, yeah. Northern Alberta. Really. It was, uh, but, uh, yeah, an interesting cat really. And, uh, Kind of and, and, portrayed as a bit of a dick on the crown, if that's if that's the baseline for some people, right? Like, well, I, I, yeah, I know, but it depends how far you've got into the crown, right? In his early years, yeah, he wanted to become king, right? Right? He uh, he comes from sort of uh, Greek and Danish blood, I, I believe, and um, he was hoping to make a power move there when when a young Liz became, mm-hmm. and that he was hoping to sort of um, power through and become a king. And so I, I think in the early years, especially in seasons one of two, which mm-hmm. is sort of that. 50s yeah. into the early 60s you know he struggles i think at that point a lot with um they've got him bowing to her and stuff which he doesn't want to do and then right some stories of him being on the road to sydney right or uh, i believe it was sydney for the first time australia hosted the olympics and some of the yeah. adventures that the boys got into along the way yeah. well i love that when they were in i don't know somewhere down in uh you know malaysia or some small islands where there's a British outpost and they're 
there's bare knuckle fighting. Mm. There's just, you know, you got the whole, there's the drinking, <laughs> there's the rugby, there's the, and, and the gentlemen's clubs, yes. whatever. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I can't, spe- I, I can only speculate, but that I, wasn't I the that, wild life you wanted to see in Northern Alberta. This is well, no I, other I pelts have, to be seen. In. Yeah. I have no idea what he had in mind. Um, but he also is, 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 has done quite a job in, in pushing, in being progressive in terms of how the monarch monarchy is, is, is portrayed, right? Like he was key in that whole idea of televising and and having more contact. Yeah. And so I think, I think he, he, at the end, I think was probably Liz's biggest, um, you know, supporter and ally. Right. And in terms of helping others, um, toe the line, right? I, I think, and 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 sort of work their way in. I, I guess he didn't get uh, uh, Harry's wife soon enough, but um, <laughs> no. that's a story. That's a story for a, that's a story for a different show. Yeah, Megan. anyways, just just yeah, Megan. Just uh, I was gonna call her Angela, but that's a different. <laughs> that's not the same person. <laughs> would have been way more interesting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? She would have been yeah, grabbing him by the ankles and. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, fun story that the, uh, the hip posted that, um, I guess they played at the Queen's Jubilee in 2002 as, uh, you know, there's always a bunch of cultural whatever from around, yeah. uh, the, around the Commonwealth and they played, uh, I, someone, well, the hip had posted this story and then a video to their performance from the Queen's Jubilee, uh, gala and, uh, they played, um, uh, it's a good life if you don't weaken. So they play that first and you're like, all right, I see what you're doing. Maybe you're kind of mellowing it out just a little bit for, for Queenie. But then up next it's poets and Gord's in his full, you know, ranting and raving between, you know, during the interlude <laughs> towards the end and, and just kind of like, they had to be thinking, what the hell is this? And anyway, the hip posted that they went and sat down afterwards and, and met up and uh, got to meet them, uh, at the gala afterwards and uh, Philip pulled Paul Langlois aside and said, I'll tell you after hearing you lot, I think I've gone deaf. Is what he said to him. So, <laughs> so uh, I think that was a fairly common refrain about the two of them is it, when you met the queen, there's a protocol and you do it this way and you don't speak yeah. unless spoken to. And there's a certain way you don't reach out to shake her hand unless she does first. Right. And Philip would come along afterwards and he maybe was a little more loosey goosey, right? He'd have a good time with you. He'd say whatever might be on his mind. And, uh, so that was the story they posted. I thought was kind of cool. And you never know what that was going to be. No, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all, with all that in terms of he requested to not lie in state. Now mm-hmm. they are in, in various stages of lockdown as well. So, but yeah, yeah he'll be missed. He'll be him. missed for sure. Um, don't forget, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Jays here, but uh, on Wednesday, we have a guest coming on who's going to do, uh, he'll maybe clean up the mess that we make right here. Dan Schulman, uh, the voice of your Blue Jays uh, half the time this year, but also uh, all kinds of NCAA basketball, things like that going on. Uh, Dan's involved in all of it, probably, you know, the, the biggest sports caster to come out of Canada and make it big in the US. So uh, looking forward to having Dan on on Wednesday morning. So again, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on that one. I want to hit you with two stats here and you tell me which one to you is more troubling during these early days. After their first seven games this year, so that was before this weekend series started, of course, Sunday's game rained out, be made out later. 
The Blue Jays had struck out 72 times, setting a franchise record for most strikeouts in their first seven games, uh, beating the old record of 71 strikeouts set in 2016. So 2016 still ends up being a playoff team. A lot of big swingers on that roster. So, you know, you can make what you want of that. The other one, though, uh, at the end of Friday night's game where they got trounced, they had pinned another four unearned runs on the board. That is 50 unearned runs since the start of the abbreviated 2020 season. 15 more than any other team in that time span. Which one of those ugly numbers is more concerning to you at this point in the season? I'm going to say it's the unearned runs. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they had they had really done a lot of, I think they almost threw their shoulder out, patting themselves in the back <laughs> in terms of the improvements, right, that, that they had made. In, in Run their, prevention was the big, yeah. yeah term that of the offseason and they they thought they had you know between maturation of some of the younger guys who, who were booting the ball around and um and some of the the key additions they were sure that this was going to be a, a more sure-handed team and that for sure has not been the case right? right and so i look at especially in the early and you cited seven or eight games whatever that was I look at that left side of the infield with with Biggio and, and Bichette mm-hmm. and and just looking at what appeared to maybe be some of the arm strength, especially with a with a young and inexperienced Vladdy over there, right? You're asking him to scoop and dig a lot of balls. He's leaning. There's they've really asked him to do a lot when if if the ball was just delivered in a more crisp fashion, you know, I, yeah. I think they could cut those down right away. And so I'm not sure what's happening. In terms of that, I think I think Bichette, it's always been a bit of a, you know, an issue in terms of of where his defense is going to end once it hits its hits its ceiling, right? Well, there's got to be a little bit of, you know, where might they find a better defensive shortstop? And it's about 15 feet to Bo's left on yeah, most days, <laughs> uh, standing on second base. I think they want to give Bo at least this year. I think he gets the full season to see if he can get this figured out. There are a number of pretty good looking shortstops on the market. Um, this, you know, the, in the off season upcoming. Um, so I think they're going to stick with it. I, Biggio is a different story. I don't know that I have as big a concern about Bo's arm strength as just as much of him being in the right position and yep. and making some of these sure-handed grabs. Biggio, we're going to find out. Uh, he's still pretty new there at third. Um, he's played some outfield. He's played some second, all these sorts of things. Whether he can handle the, the, the long throw there from third, we'll find out. I think that's still a question mark. Uh, Bo, to me, is, is a little more, uh, I don't know. We're going to see how that goes. I got to tell you, I think I'm more concerned by the strikeouts, even well, with just, the... Just, just wait. For a second, because that's an interesting point you bring up in, you know, you're moving a second baseman, you know, a full 90 feet at least over or more, right? In yep. terms of, of of trying to recalibrate that that throw that is. Um, and likewise, with, with Bo, if it comes down to a positioning issue, right, you see him ranging to his right to get a lot of balls mm-hmm. and he's getting them. But then you, you got to force that throw, right? It's either 
across your body as you're moving to the right. And, and that's a valid point, right? That does that get fixed with simply a little better placement of, of where he's starting on some of those balls, right? Right. You make a cleaner grab on that. Maybe the throw isn't as rushed, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll see what it looks like. I think for me, the reason I'm more concerned about the, the strikeout numbers and even with the qualifier that, you know, the previous high was 2016, which still ended up being a playoff team is this team was supposed to be, this was their strength, right? Was their offense, was their lineup. Now we haven't seen it fully operational yet with, uh, with Springer and some of the other things that they battled here, guys leaving games with reactions to the, to the vaccine that they've had, um, stuff like that, that got a little bit strange over the weekend, but this wasn't supposed to be the problem. And I, I think the reason it's even more concerning is that Vlad is killing it. And he had been a bit of a strikeout machine at times. You didn't want him to be. And Gritchick, who was also just a, the king of the K over the last couple of years, hasn't been this year. So it's like everybody else is striking out all of the time. And when you're supposed to be grinding it out on the back of your offense and you're striking out as often as, as these guys are, to me, that's going to be problematic because so far there's very little evidence to suggest you're going to want to rely on this pitching staff to keep things in check for you. Right. And, and if you look at um, that section through, uh, I've been, I've been, I've been impressed with Sammy at the top of the lineup. Yep. Um, it's the, it's the, it's the patient, especially in the first. And again, it's a little early. Mm, sure to, it is. Yes. To, but to overreact, but that's what we're going to do. Of course. Cause it makes for way better listening. <laughs> um, it is the notion that between Biggio, who, who is a guy who will work you for a walk, yeah. right? The number of strikeouts for him early through Bichette to Oscar yep. and Lourdes, right? That, that section right in the meat of the lineup, you're like, oof, there's been a pile of strikeouts, right? Yes. And, and, and if you look at com- contrasted with that Edwin Batista, you know, uh, Donaldson, yeah, Martin, like those guys who, who were looking for the long ball, right? Yes. And, and, and whereas this team, as of Saturday, scored 15 runs <laughs> and not a, not a home run amongst them, right? And so uh, that's great, but the, the offense has been underwhelming in the first 10 games for me. Yep. No, I right? agree with that. And so to me... The idea that in in this in the last you know four or five years you know the the whole idea of of the 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 changing of the uppercut on the swing the looking for the home run and and, and strikeouts increasing and you're like yeah okay with with the increased home run ball comes the increased strikeout but yep. if, if you're not getting the dingers chicks love the dingers <laughs> if you're not getting those and you're still striking out. It's an interesting point, Matt, but I think that's an early season thing. It may be a record-setting early season thing, but <laughs> I, 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 I would like to see them because last year it was a, it was just a, a circus, a right. festival of fiasco in terms of their nice. running hairs, um, in terms of their bungling of of stuff in the field. Um, so if we can yeah. drop those by fifty percent. You know, and, and I, I say that watching Jonathan Davis get picked off of first the other night. Oh, Jesus. Like, and he's standing there, right? And yeah. the first baseman's got the ball in his hand. You're like, and you're you quickly, were in. Yeah. And you're quickly doing the math going, so 
Alejandro Kirk is now yeah. our man on second in the 10th inning. Exactly. Oh, Jesus. And not yeah. even typical slow Alejandro Kirk. Alejandro Kirk, who has not been in this game and is now going to be asked to sprint. We got a blown ham. He just waiting to happen here. Well, he should be fresh. <laughs> yeah, but not particularly <laughs> loose, you wouldn't think. So. No, but putting yeah, the popcorn exactly. down and getting out on the base path. And oh, boy. Yeah. So you're right. There are some, some things that they, they thought they had corrected. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the things that have surprised me or I've been, I've been, I've been happy with up until this point, it for sure is Marcus Simeon at mm-hmm. the top. Um, Gritchick of, you know, with his, uh, has he, got, he hasn't had a game hit this year, I think where he hasn't had a hit. That's right. Um, churning Steven it through, Matz. uh, Steve, Steven Matz, right? That, that's the, that's, you know, he, if you can give him, if you look at what he did in that 15 1 game, yeah, quietly, right? It was great. Six innings, you know, five hits, four strikeouts, three walks. Like that's not, that's not dominant numbers. Nope. So those are numbers that you would hope that a guy could replicate, right? You go, that's just, you're battling in a couple of spots, you're having some clean sheets, and then you go, like that is to me as a guy you're pulling off the air quote scrap heap sort right. of yep. um a bit of a, of a a bit of an Alex Galchenyuk sure. reclamation project <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Toronto we will retool you and rebuild you Just like um, Coldplay we will try we will to fix, fix you, you. Yes. Yeah good luck man good luck <laughs> But but I, I I've liked what I've seen from him right and and Merriweather I think uh, Ooh, there's yeah. been some some moments where I've been like, I, I was I was texting you after the after the home opener when he just mowed down the middle of the Yankees lineup, man. I was just like, I, I got I got three thumbs up watching this right yes. now. <laughs> it is super super exciting, especially for opening day, right? You're like, hey man, there's 161 more of these. Well, they said he had set um, or so far this season he had had the biggest discrepancy between um, fastball over 95. And you know, you're, you're low uh, 79. Yeah. Like over 15 miles per hour difference between your change up and your fastball, which is just, if you got to be waiting on him to maybe hit 98 and he drops that 81 in on you, you're just out in front, like nobody's business. Cause you know, that 80 or that 79 makes it, makes the 95 look like 115. (laughs) You're like, Oh my God, what is happening here? And so. It's like Chapman and Burley taking turns throwing from out there. (laughs) I have no idea. It's behind the screen. It's the the masked pitcher. What's going to happen here, right? You're like, I have no idea. For sure. So so there's some some interesting things, right? Like I was watching the game, I don't know, late last week, Friday night, maybe Thursday night, where they went to to overtime, they had the extra innings, and I'm like, oh, man, I, I can't, I can't handle. Yeah another 150 of these I, i'm turning it <laughs> off click right and that's the beauty of baseball right you pick it up it'll be there tomorrow it'll be there in two hours <laughs> right <laughs> you, you come back and you go all right I, i'm into this i'm not into this i'm checking in it's and and they do a great job recapping so you know and i'm on i'm on the uh the app all the time right i'm checking out like, the scoring summaries and whatnot so you, that's the beauty of baseball i love baseball i i i'm you know, we, we talked about it. You watch those early season games from from Yankee Stadium that took four hours yeah. to play. Now, if you can keep Dolis out of the game, like he's a 
He is the human. It's like two out of every three pitches just also get bounced about ten feet in front of home plate. Like, well, it's the minute and a half in between yes, the pitches know, that yeah. you're like, oh my god, man. And and he's one of those guys where he, it's like his hand goes straight up from his shoulder, and then he throws. Yeah. It's, like, it's like there's no pulling it back. I'm like, how does that guy hit 96? Like, those of us in the know call that the Barkley. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <just> a little. <laughs> Pretty much. There it is, man. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the last thing on the Blue Jays, uh, Tanner Roark misses his start today on Sunday. <laughs> on Sunday here, the, the game gets rained out. They'll make it up later. Uh, immediately, Charlie Montoyo says that Tanner Roark for the next little while, with Robbie Ray set to return on Monday, will be pitching long relief out of the bullpen. Do you think you see him in the rotation again this year? Because Never. he's got, okay. <laughs> um, you know who's not, you know who's not missing Tanner Roark's start. <laughs> Rob Christie, not okay. missing it. <laughs> um, horrible start uh, his last time out. They knew enough to not pitch him at Yankee Stadium on opening weekend um, and allow him to face a weaker Texas lineup, and he still got absolutely crushed. And I thought you would see him, and you were going to, obviously, again on Sunday, and... If it looked slightly better, he might earn himself one more time. If it didn't look any better at all, because it wasn't like just kind of an off day. It was, you're not major league quality right now. The last time he was out there, if it looked like that again, I think he was going to be IL'd with some sort of mystery, yeah. you know, metal chair to the back. Swelling. <laughs> Speaking of Rob Christie, <laughs> mask on, running out onto the field. Um, that's a good WrestleMania weekend reference for you folks. Uh, yeah. As I think he would have been sent away, mentally rebuild, recharge, which sucks to say two weeks into the season. Um, maybe he gets brought back late May, early June to give it another go, but they were going to be ready to cut ties. But it's a $12 million payout to just decide you're done with him. I think he becomes a you know, 15-1 type of game, he's your well, your long man, whether you're yeah. up or down now. I, I don't know, with Robbie Ray healthy again, Nate Pearson did get his bullpen session in. We're hoping to see something. Out. Like, I think it's going to be hard to to for him to get back in to... to like, th they were happier to go to Zoig at Yankee Stadium than R Tanner Roark. That's got to be telling you all you need to know, man, because that well, and, wasn't a great and, and, idea either. Okay, but it wasn't that bad. Turned out... No, that's right. And and really at that point, if you can get, um, if you can get Robbie Ray back, and you and you and you throw in Pearson behind him at some point, hopefully, and you have Mats, and then if you have to go with the stripling or whatever else, it looks like that's who you're going to see here this week. It's Ray Monday, Ryu Tuesday, Stripling Wednesday. Yeah, and and just see what happens with that, right? Yep. In terms of. Um, and even if that stripling start turns into more of a opener three innings guy, yeah. what, you know, I think you're looking at, at getting what you can, but. Well, and at some point, if, Thomas Hatch gets healthy. Anthony K is going to see a start or two here. Like it, I think before Roark gets back in, you'd think. And, and, and I am cautiously optimistic as a Jays fan that, that you, you were starting in a worst case scenario with already a pitching staff that was somewhat suspect to begin with. <laughs> yes. Right. That you were, it was a worst case scenario when you start with Ray and Pearson out of the lineup, and and you sort of have to rely more on the bullpen. But you got to get to that 
fifth yeah. and sixth. And so uh, I'm I'm hoping really that that they will be able to stay competitive enough because because you don't need to be world beaters in April, but you can't you can't fall too far behind. No, you got to right? hang around. Yeah. And so to me, that's that's what it's going to be happening. Where are we in May? Right. If the, if this team can still be 500 or a little above, right? Get their shit tight. Get Springer hopefully back in that lineup, and and I'll be amazed to see what that lineup looks like once once you put Springer in. Because I, I, up until that 15-1 game, the, the the offense, which I expected to be more prolific, yep, not really not really doing that right. So uh, again, early early we're we're only one sixteenth through the schedule. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, overreaction that that is what that That's is the name what of the game, man. That's what sports talk is all about. Um, let's do some hockey quick hitters here. Uh, this one wasn't on the, the sheet, but it did just occur to me that I, I wanted to hit you with it. Not because it's a, an embarrassment to the Sens, which it is, but how unlikely is it if you picked any random two teams in the NHL and said you guys are going to play nine games against each other this year that one would not get a single even loser point out of... Out, in Gary's... NHL of parody, seeing the Oilers win in regulation all nine games against Ottawa. Um, I, I knew that the Oilers had put the boots to the Sens a couple of times through this, but when it came up this past week that they were done and the Sens didn't have a single point, I didn't know that was the case. Incredible, man. Unlikely like, as can be. You didn't know that they were 9-0? and not until they, like it happened that they were in even position to do that. No, I had no idea. Um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's unfathomable to be honest with you. I, I would not if you were to ask me at the beginning of the season. It's like the shittiest team can jump up and bite all the, the time. Best team in the ass, and, yeah. and so it to me it is it's unbelievable. And so the other night, uh, the eighth game, they played each other back to back earlier last week. A nice I 5 was, p.m. start. I well, and, and again, that for for any of you out there wondering, <laughs> r- right? It, it comes down to, especially on it's happened twice on a Wednesday. Yeah, that is Sportsnet's <laughs> national national game, right? Yep. So if you you as a TSN carrying the Senators games or the Habs games or whatever it is, that's a regional game, yep. and so Sportsnet as the main rights holder has no interest in you trampling or drawing even five eyeballs away from that's too full and <laughs> weird. <one. Yeah. laughs> um, Somebody's eyeballs. got porn off on their, on their phone and kind of keeping it's an eye exactly on exactly right. I'm looking, I'm looking this way and I'm looking that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that they don't want any eyeballs being drawn away from their Wednesday night national broadcast, right? doesn't matter who's in it. Yeah. But that that is the that is the facts of, the, of how it works out. Like so. we're sitting here going, it's shit that the Sens have to play at five p.m. p.m. on a weekday. The Oilers are at three. Like you think of what those fans are going through. What a pile of garbage, right? Like to- yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and I'm watching it, and I, I don't know. The game was four three. I think the I think the Oilers won by a goal. Maybe there was an empty net or four two. I, I can't remember. Yeah. But I was as as livid as you can be to be as a non-participant in the game, right? <laughs> like I wanted to smash the remote right into the TV as Dreisaitl scores the hat trick goal right. into the empty net. And I'm like, 
I want to give that guy about two feet of composite right in the teeth. Like I just, it's, it's, it's outrageous. I'm, I, I, and cause to me, he is entering Malkin bitch level. That guy, oh like, boy, yeah. like this is a guy who, who so, does that whole, when wait, you wait. go 0 and 9 against a team, you do start to build up some resentment towards them. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, this is a, this is a, uh, when you look at styles make fights yep. and you, and you yes. go, um, but, but you know what? It's, it's one of those things where I come away from it. So impressed with Connor McDavid, but I think dry is a bitch. I, I'm not sure why that is. And, and they both have scored 20 points against the senators. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just one of those things where, yeah. Yeah, like to me, McDavid is the one-man zone entry. He's, uh, it's unbelievable, man. To me, that I, I come away with a greater and greater appreciation all the time. What you need Seeing is him, a Justin Hall. Well, what we need is someone to, you know, what we need is a Bobby Clark and a Harlemov situation. Yeah, I was just going to say, actually, yeah, what you need is someone to hit the 20, f- whatever, a composite. Right? <laughs> yeah, two feet, man, two yeah. feet a composite, right? Feed it to him, right? Bang! But to me, um, I, I think your point that styles make fights is that but at the same time even that like i don't even know what the next uh, detroit tampa detroit's beaten tampa twice twice this year right like yeah one by like five goals yeah like pick any shit bird pick any elite team and square them off for nine games just by chance you're getting one you're getting an overtime loss or you fall into a win somewhere like it's just forget the how good or bad either edmonton or ottawa might be it's it, it was just weird yeah, and, and the reality is, um, Evan is not that good, right? <laughs> but they they are not, and th- yeah. that's a team that that's a team that will not win a playoff round. Ooh, hey, like they can talk about that's provocative. You know, we're gonna. You don't even gonna, care who they're getting in that group of four, eh? I I don't. Okay, I don't. And to me, if they play the Jets, the Jets are dummying them. They may have a chance against the Habs, but I, I give the I give the Habs the better odds. That that team is not a, is not a great. They're a one and a half, you know, line team, and 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 right now they have a goalie who's thirty nine, who's playing well, yes. well, well above yep. his his career stats. And if you think you can count on that for a full season, Amen. Good luck. Yeah, you know whatever happens, but I ain't liking your chances. <laughs> Um, the Islanders make a deal with the Devils to get Palmieri and Zajac for a first and a bunch of stuff. Um, a couple of young guys. I think there was another pick in there somewhere. Um, reports came out on Saturday that the Islanders actually had a deal in place on, as of uh, Wednesday for Taylor Hall. And when they went back to tell the Devils that that's what they were going to do, the Devils threw in. Zajac, which is the most Lou Lamorello thing I've ever heard because neither one of those guys are as good as Taylor Hall. Um, I beg to differ. Okay. Fair enough. Well, you'll, you'll have the floor in a minute. Um, (laughs) but the, the deal for the devils was they wanted the first, right? It almost became instead of Lou beating down their door, trying to get Palmieri, they wanted the first round pick and okay, we'll take the salary of those two guys. We'll take the roster spot that you need so you can do something else. Um, we'll give you Zajac, who I don't know is, 
at this point, yeah. I guess. Depth forward going into the playoffs, whatever, right? Not a big deal, but not something that would change my Second mind. Second PK unit. Sure, could be. Um, what did you think of of the Palmieri's Ajax to the Islanders? Do you, do you think it kind of, they're leading well, that I, division. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, well, well, see, to me, I think, I think Lou, I think Lou, Shagged Hines, right? Or not Hines. Um, um, the, the GM in, in, in yeah. who was, who played for Lou Lamorello. Yeah. In, in, in college. And they have a, a long history. Isn't it Tom to Fitzgerald? Me, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. To, to me, it, you're looking at, um, Palmieri is to me is the, he and Savard, I think were the two best pieces available I, on the trip. You could talk me into that. Based mostly though on on value, right? Like you're not having to fit the eight million dollar Taylor Hall number into what you're doing, or yeah. See, to me, to me, Paul Mary is a guy who's never scored less than twenty goals. Mm-hmm. Who is a guy who will score a goal and take a cross check in the teeth, right? Taylor Hall is a guy who has scored two goals this year, yep. and is a is to me is a he is a, a guy who's who's not making anybody else better with him. Uh, he's a bit of a zone entry monster too. He pulls a lot of attention even now, like even this year on that shit Buffalo team, his advanced, his fancies are not too bad still. Who, who's a better playoff player in that? I have no idea if Taylor Hall's ever played a playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and to me, it's one of those things where if you remove his, his heart trophy year, which you can, I know. Yeah. Right. He still scored 90 points in that season. But that's a crazy huge outlier that one season. And if you look at what he's done since the the Hart Trophy season, it is that guy should take fucking whatever cash he can get his hands on in this upcoming. We talked about it, uh, you know, four or five pods ago. Where you know, would you take that guy? Would you pay him seven or eight million bucks? No way, man. Not me. Not right. a chance. Right. And so Paul Mary is the kind of guy. He is your. Coleman Goodrow type guy yes, that, is. That, yep. that that Tampa picked up. The guy when when the NHL suddenly turns their blind eye to a bunch of crazy shit that's happening. You know, Paul Mary is the guy who is going to excel, in my humble opinion, over not so humble opinion, yeah. over what what Hall is going to bring to a team. At, at this point, I have no idea if Hall even cares. Well, okay. No way to prove that one way or another. I hey, guess. man, but that's what but that's what we're doing. Of course, he cares. I'm just saying, in terms of he is he is one of those guys. And and when you look at a guy who comes back from getting you know six teeth chipped out in a game, and he comes back on a team that's losing sixteen in a row, yeah, clear, clearly he cares, right? I yep. Sorry, I I, I shouldn't. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll take it back. I don't mean to totally just besmirch the guy's character, but in terms of his production it's uh, i'm taking kyle palmieri over over taylor hall right now for this playoff run not 10 out of 10 times where does as we kind of continue to move around here the uh, reports are flying around this afternoon that there are several teams in on nick felino out of columbus uh, including colorado washington toronto and there was one other one and uh, this is Frank Saravalli who says those are the teams who've indicated they might be willing to give up a first for Nick Felino. That scares the shit out of me. Um, yeah. But where does he fit for you in the Palmieri Taylor Hall mix? 
Ah, uh, see, and, and again, for a team you look that like, um, we'll just grab a hold of Toronto yep. and Colorado, sure. right? In terms of like, these are teams that need finishing pieces more yep. than more than they need to bring in a Taylor Hall. In my opinion, I agree with that. I would I would pay more for a guy like like Nick Felino right now than I would for for Taylor Hall for all the reasons I just mentioned, but also. You know, I think Nick has seven goals this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what he has in, in terms of assists, but I've just I heard that recently. Um, if you look at the at the at the the play-in round he had against Toronto last year, mm-hmm. uh, he took an untimely penalty. I remember in, in that, but 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 to me, he is a heart and soul guy that can contribute, and he is a guy who who can bring it at playoff time. And, so and, yes, so uh, to me. He, he would be a nice addition to either Colorado or Toronto, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't mind bringing in Nick Felino. I'm not. I won't. I'm hanging up the phone hard on first round pick. I'm not doing that right for a guy who, at 33 years of age, and gets away with throwing some cross checks in the playoffs. We do need that, but I think yeah. you can find that for less than a first round pick. I yeah, I think and, Kyle and should put his phone down enjoy WrestleMania tonight and not be shopping for first round pick. <laughs> but, let's, but let's look at this, right? And, and and again, we'll just keep it to, I'm not sure who else you mentioned, but let's just keep Washington it to Colorado. The one that was I don't out. care about Washington. Okay. Let's just keep it to Toronto and Colorado yep. because those two teams, I, I like the, the comparables there in terms of, you know, teams who on the upswing big yep. time, right? Yep. Like teams who haven't won a cup, right? And, and Washington, High-powered offenses, reasonable defenses, and hold on to your ass goaltending. <laughs> yeah, well, just and, and yeah, and you're not going to get a starting. You're not going to get a starting no, you're goalie. No, you're not. In, in in this, so we can look at that and go forget about it. You know, whatever you got, you got, and yep. and that's what's going to happen there. Um, but if if Toronto needs to add something, right? If you could, to me, Felino's an upgrade over Galchenyuk, big time. If you could drop him in. That would be that would be huge. If you look at the windows, is where I was going to go with this, and go. At, at what point do you say, how many opportunities do you, do we get to be mm-hmm. a one seed, right? If you want to look at the four divisions and go, and to me, Toronto was easily the one seed in this division. Yep. How many times do we have this? Because then it really comes down to. You know, you're playing in a conference final, yep. and then you're 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 going for broke. Like to me. The first overall next year for Toronto, which is really going to be a high second in a sense, right? Yes, As a thirtieth right. or a thirty-first, you go, man. What does that mean to me? It doesn't mean shit. So I'm it's with really- you there. I just think there's better. I don't think Nick Felino, like to me, Tampa already traded a better player. Tampa, Columbus already traded a better player than Nick Felino in David Savard for a first that's a, round pick. That's a- that's a weird trade, though, right? All it the, is all, all the machinations that happened there. Yeah, that's somebody weird. else has to grab a hold of half of the cap space, and there's weird stuff happening there. But to me, David Savard will be more impactful to Tampa than a Nick Felino would have been to whatever, or at least comparable. And I'm that sure first that. round pick is going to be thirty. So, See, to me, at worst, Tampa's 
like they look at primed as anybody to win this whole fucking thing again, yeah, right? Yeah, like, well, yeah, and they have Kucherov who's been skating just waiting. for yeah, just hanging out for six weeks. He's been like, put me in, coach. Oh yeah. wait, no, we got to that we gotta guy. Wait. As they keep showing the video, does not look like he requires another month before he's yeah, ready. To yeah, go. yeah. How convenient. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm not, but, as a but, Toronto guy, I'm not the guy who gets to yell and scream about that, but I am the guy who gets to notice that, right? So right. Well, and we all agree. I'm yeah. not a Toronto guy. And I also say, I said it on this podcast way back in December when they're like, when Breezebois said, yeah. oh, don't worry, we'll be able to work the, the, the cap, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> and then the next day you hear a Kucherov out with, and you're like, hey, coach, I could use a fucking year off. Well, I put it up on our Twitter yesterday at Talkin Audio, uh, quoting uh, GM Breezebois there from Tampa. He said, I didn't think we'd be able to do this. And I put in quotes, I didn't think the league would let us keep getting away yeah. with this, right? Is what that well, quote means. Like, well, and really what Julian Brisbois isn't telling anybody that his, 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 before he was adopted, his actual name is Julian Lamorello, yeah, okay. right? Yeah. Like this is the kind of thing where you go, that's the kind hey. of shit that only, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that only Lou gets away with. Right. Yet somehow here we are. To if, me, David. Go ahead. To me, to me, Savard. The impact he's going to have on a dominant, already Tampa Bay team, he would have been he would have served a greater purpose in Florida, in my opinion, mm-hmm. playing for the Panthers. Right in terms of if you want to replace Ekblad, if yeah. you could have if you could have made that. Whereas to me, you're already going into a really good situation, and to me, the Savard thing in Tampa is a bit of like. You need a little jewel hammer, but you're hitting it with a sledgehammer. I'm not sure Savard's needed there. I guess by it wasn't so much the Tampa end of it, and and maybe I worded this poorly. I think David Savard, wherever he was going to go, and throw Tampa into that, I guess, is going to be more impactful than Nick Foligno wherever he goes. And so you've gotten a first round pick from Tampa that's likely going to be no worse than 28. 20 or no better than 28, 29. It's right there with that Toronto pick. Right. So, you know, to, to say to somebody, we want more than that for Nick Foligno, I'm not doing that. I'm with you on the Toronto thing where I do think the Leafs should be all in and I will be okay with them trading the first round pick this year. I wouldn't do it for that player. That's. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. And and I agree with that. But if you look at, to me, this next three years, to me, that those are the those are the Leafs' golden yeah, years. Yeah, I agree. Right, and, and and you go, what is that? That you know, sort of high, high first round, low, or, you know, mm-hmm. sorry, late first round pick. What is it really worth? Sure, you're gonna I, draft. You're gonna draft some guy at, playing out of Siberia, anyways, that nobody's ever heard of <laughs> that far back in the draft. So, yes. Rodion. Like, I agree. I'm, I'm okay with losing the pick, not for Nick Felino. That's all I'm for. Saying. Who, for who this well, year? Okay, that's. But that's what we're talking about. Yeah, you're there's talk, only so many talk- guys. I have a feeling when Kyle does shit, it always comes out of nowhere. You're like, oh, I didn't even know that guy was fucking available, right? Like that's what. So, I here's what I would look at as we kind of work our way through this as a success for Toronto. I think they already bunted right when they got Riley Nash. To me, that was a clever little piece of business. He's going to fit under the cap because he's LTIR. He should be ready for the playoffs. If we use him, great. If not, he was depth. I think that's a fine little piece of business there. No, you know, you didn't give up almost anything. I don't want to bunt on 
oh, we, we got Dmitry Kulikov to, you know, be a seventh defenseman. I don't want... If he's going to do anything tomorrow... Can I interest you in a Coburg? You cannot interest Branson. me in a Coburg. Uh, there was some verified fucking Twitter account out there today saying Toronto and uh, Ottawa talking about Good Branson, and that needs to also die on the vine right now. I don't want to do that. I don't want to give away a first-round pick just to give it away and get something. Take a big swing, try and... and Maybe it's not Taylor Hall. I don't think Taylor Hall's coming to Toronto. I don't think they should do that either. But well, you'd have to send him to Detroit and let them retain yeah. salary yep. for your eighth round pick. Yep. Well, again, that's not the guy I want either. I don't. I. I no, think, you don't want that guy. I don't think. I think they can do better, right? So, or or don't do anything, right? Right. Yeah. That would be and, my my thing. Take a big swing. Don't nibble around the edges tomorrow. Um, as or today, as the listener hears this, take a swing or don't do anything, but don't just piss your first round pick away just so you can say you made a splash. Yeah. And, but to me, the thing is, if you, if it comes down to who is available and, and having seen the Leafs recently, it's, you, it, has Thornton hit the wall? Uh, uh, you see yes. them. You, yeah. He's you washed. see them much more than 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 I do, right? And and if you look at that early season impact that that Simmons had, that Thornton had, Spets has found the fountain. Spets of youth, is still man. killing it. Yeah. That guy is. Yeah, uh, I love I love that guy. And they found that nice soft spot, ten to twelve minutes, killing some penalties, yep. taking some draws. Like he's he's doing it. But the other old dudes, um, Simmons dude, has been hit and miss. I I got another week or two for him just because of the way he's come back <laughs> from injury. But you're on. Wayne. Yep. Joe Jumbo's washed and he needed to be, he shouldn't have played a single back to back. He shouldn't have played every game here, but they were so tight to the cap at the time that you couldn't without putting Thornton on waivers, you couldn't create enough room to healthy scratch him and bring someone else in to actually play. So that was a problem. He, yeah, to me, I would be okay with it if if now that they're into LTIR anyway, if you could give him a night or two off and or a week or two off even before the playoffs, see if he comes back around. But he he has not looked good in at least a couple of weeks. Tell me something. Do you think the NHL has has blundered by having to yes. force <laughs> yes <laughs> having to force guys go through waivers to get to the taxi squad goalies for sure. Yeah, like I understand your full AHL moves, but the idea of having to essentially recall guys twice, yeah. you know, if you if you if they want to come from the from the Marlies to the taxi squad yeah. or to the you know, and then and then back again, and I, I think that's created a pile of havoc. And if I was the NHLPA, I would be pissed off in your Forsberg like Anton Forsberg like yep. situation, right? Where man, you've played on four teams. You've moved a bunch of places. Sometimes you haven't even left you didn't your get hotel to room. Play a game until the fourth one, right? Like the and the goalies is more than anything else because they changed the rules on that. They forced you to carry three goalies, but did not allow a not a loophole, but a, a way to do it, right? Like right. you want to move your goalie down to the taxi squad, he goes on waivers and somebody pinches him. Well, fuck Every, you! You're the one who said I had to have him, right? Like yeah. Well, and, and you you said last night, you're like, I can't wait to see the Leafs fill in the goalie that we're going to acquire <laughs> <Yes>. tomorrow. <laughs> but the thing is, Ottawa can't trade that guy without putting him on back on waivers first. Yeah. 
like he would have because we picked him off of waivers. He's got to, I believe, clear waivers before we can trade him. Yeah, and there's no way he's ever getting. You know, no, we'll he's taking he, that. He, yeah, well, <laughs> this is it, right? He just sort of it's so weird. But nobody wants to pick somebody off of waivers without trading a warm body for it or a salary for it. Yes. No. And so the Leafs, the Leafs may want him, but they're like, "Hey, man, you got to take our Freddie." Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, Freddie Anderson starting goalie for the Edmonton Oilers next year. I can see it. I can see that. Um, Let's talk about the Canucks for a couple minutes. They do. Harold Snaps. Yes. Snaps mustache. Stan Smeal. Sure. Um, No, that's not what we're talking about. Those are not the ones I had in mind. Uh, Tanner Pearson gets a new three-year deal from uh, glorious Jim Benning at uh, $3.25 million. Um, Tanner Pearson... A below average middle six forward, but 29 years of age. He's fine. Uh, Canucks fans would remind you that you balked at paying 4.25 for uh, Tyler Toffoli, who's now... Canucks killer! Yes, sixth in the league in goals, as you've suggested. More than half of those coming against the Canucks, it feels like. And you gave 3.25 to Tanner Pearson, who has 11 points in 33 games. Just trash, man. Just another commitment to, um, you know, he's 29. He's already starting to regress a little bit. You're already sort of seeing that downward slope. And Jim Benning, just within the last week or two, told the media, we see our competitive window in two to three years. Well, by that time, that guy's 32. You're going to need that cap space. And you now have over $23 million wrapped up in him, Beagle, Roussel, Erickson, like just pieces you don't want to be tied to. And I saw um, Thomas Drantz, who writes for The Athletic uh, about the Canucks, said all this talk that these bad contracts would eventually expire is only true if you stop signing them. <laughs> like you can't yeah. keep throwing them on the pile, man. It leaves something like $16 million, uh, $17 million to sign Quinton Hughes, uh, Quinn Hughes, uh, Elias Peterson, fuck man, Pedersen, and like six more guys for next year. Yeah. They're in well, trouble. And, yeah. And, and Benning is doing a botched job oh, big time. Man. And so if you look at it and an Euler fan, Western correspondent, this is where this should put a smile on your face with all the cap space you got coming up this off season. And you look at the state of the up, up and coming Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, they're gonna they're they're absolutely throwing an anchor around their throats. Yes, right. In terms of if you to me you have Quinn Hughes and Pedersen, Besser, Horvat. Like to me, you have yes. this this core Demko on the come. You need to go for it now, but you keep hamstringing yourself with the aforementioned <laughs> bad contracts. And and I think Vertanen that is also it, the other guy I missed on that list. Yeah, well, see if he's even, with if he, yeah, if he's even still there. This is the thing, though, right? Every Canucks fan, when you bring this up online, will say you're an idiot if you think they're not going to make room for Hughes and Pedersen. I do think they will make room and find a way yeah. to get Hughes and Pedersen, but you will be shedding quality around them to make it happen when you yeah. could have been shedding garbage, right? Like, yeah, because the reality is. Is yeah, of course you're going to sign those guys, yes. and you're going to pay them market value. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is the Roussels, the Beagles, and then now the nobody's Pearsons, taking those. 
well, you're taking those, but you're sending back bad contract mm-hmm. X, Y, or Z. Or, Nobody yeah, is taking- maybe you have to trade Nate Schmidt, who's on a good value contract, the guy you right. want to keep to sweeten the pot for somebody, or the- no one's going to help you. Like, yeah, yeah, your guys will get signed, but the team around them is going to be just trash. Well, Brian Murray always said, right? He's like, yeah, I got, I got a lot of people who, who are willing to hand me anchors as I'm, <laughs> as, as I'm treading water, right? Like there's, you're right. There's nobody who is going to help you, right? So this is the idea that you were hurting yourself, Jim Benning, also known as Pierre Dorian. Pierre people Dorian who, 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 yeah, exactly. Who said, <laughs> who signed these, you know, late career or, you know, minor leaguers having one good year, yeah. you're going to sign these guys to, to bad contracts that are going to hurt you, man. It's the idea of look at your core. Mm-hmm. Is Tanner Pearson in your core? Oof. No. Nope. Then you do not give him term. Know, term. Uh, yes. And, and this is it, right? And so at that point, move on. Move in a different direction, man. Uh, There was something else we wanted to hit on here today that I thought was kind of fun. It was a list of 80s hits that made it all the way to number two on the uh, on the Billboard list. Uh, It's long. I think there was. I think they did like top 50. We're not going to 40. Yeah, we're not going to go through them all, but we will share the list at all the usual uh, places. But um, they they listed these songs that got to number two. Most of them you would consider to be just huge hits. How's it going over there, man? Well, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, And then the song that was blocked by them. And and in some cases, even that was, was rather amusing, but just this idea, these, these iconic hits that, that seem like maybe everyone knew everyone loved. They just never quite got there, man. Never quite climbed the mountain relatable to a lot of us on a lot of fronts, I guess. (laughs) I am just just struggling with you. What you were hearing there was, man, oh man, oh man. This is a three beer show, Matt. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've we've moved in that direction. So I, I grabbed on the way back through. I grabbed. It's the myth of permanence, out of their logger series, which fucking heavy title. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's in the, it's in the, it's from Henderson Brewing Company out of Toronto, but it's it's in their logger series. But it's called I think it's called Smoky Hell. I'm intrigued by that. And and I cracked it, and I pull. I took a pull on it, and it's smoky as fuck. Love like that. it's love that. Uh, to me, to me, there's smokiness like you would get like from a barbecue. Yeah. And then this is smokiness like if you were to, you know, that campfire hat. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you were to leave it if you were to leave it in a bowl of water overnight and then drink that. Oh Jesus. That's a bit what's going to have a like. lot of contaminants to it. <laughs> it. It was a punch in the neck. It was a punch in the taste buds. All right. right here. Okay. Uh, and so I, I only have another 430 milliliters to go, <laughs> but it, it was, it was, um, yeah. Coming back from the ha- lazy, hazy IPA. Yeah. This was a um, kind of crazy. It for sure. It, it was a bit that way. Um, yeah. Your, the list was, was fascinating. Hmm. Uh, and, and as as a guy a little older than you, it's it was more interesting in a lot of situations to see what song blocked you from yeah. ever re- ever reaching the 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 number one spot, right? And in many and cases, was, inferior 
you'd think, right? Or lesser known in some cases. You would think, okay. right? As a, All right. As, as a guy, well, no, no, I, no. I, and I don't disagree with you, right? Like if, if you look at it's, I'm, I was, as I, and I was fascinated by it, right? In terms of looking through it. And, and so my better half was reading something else entirely. We're sitting on the couch having a coffee and, and I'm saying, can you imagine? <laughs> And she's like, mm, I don't care. Mm, yeah, like we're like really, but but nice enough to go, huh? Yeah, right. I was totally getting from her that it's not really of interest, right? But but again, right? Where so and so played junior hockey, mm-hmm. these sorts of things are interesting to me. Yep, musical factoids sure. that's of interest to me and you apparently as well. Yep. But yeah, so to me, quite often who the number one was early eighties, man, music sucked big time. Right. <laughs> like to me, the, the ballad was, is just like w- when I was uh, trying to queue up the, uh, the connection here tonight, I was listening to a little air supply. Yeah. Right? My ears so, were bleeding as it suddenly <laughs> burst into my headphones. Well, I, had to, I had to close the patio door behind me. Right. As I said, <laughs> Hey, blankety blank, play I Am All Little Love, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just uh, kind of enjoying it a bit. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, sway in. Making love out of nothing at all, those sorts of things. <laughs> like, both of which only reach number two. Yes. Not in the top five, which is really what we're going to touch on here. But Yeah. But yeah, I would encourage you, if you're into these kind of weird musical things, whatever, it was fun to see. How did that only get to number two? And you go, really? It's that that blocked it? And so as you said, we're going to just run down the top five here, but there was 40 of them. And uh, we'll post them at uh, at Talking Audio on Twitter and Facebook. What was the number five selection on songs that only made it to number two? Well, and I was interested when you said top five, are, are it... Is that because those are the best songs or the most important? Or were those songs that you felt you knew and had impact? It was, I didn't think we had time to run down all 40 of them on the show. (laughs) Yeah, right. So it was self-preservation as the guy who's going to edit this later. Well, and and really this is, we're talking about 1986. So we're talking about a a three-year-old Mac, right? right? Um, and I was interested in this because the guy who wrote the article said, and he stated right up front that there's a lot of songs that had cultural impact, Mm -hmm. but he was surprised they never made it to, to number one, but he sort of ranked them by what he thought were in, in terms of his taste had the, had the most lasting impact. He said his taste both then and now he said, which as we all Obviously, anybody who's had, who's lived through the '80s, understands that. Yeah, your music tastes change. Seem to evolve just a little bit significantly, but he said, "Yeah," which which may happen on a day to day basis. Yeah, but the reality is, so number five was "Don't Forget Me" by Glass Tiger. Is this Breakfast Club? No, don't you forget about me. No, that's simple minds. All right. Don't is, you is that, don't is that what you thought? Yes. This is don't forget me when I'm oh, gone. Okay. My heart would break. <laughs> yeah, that, this I thought is that the was Huey Lewis. No, man. This is a Canadian <laughs> band. The other one was Simple Minds. Okay. 
That is Breakfast Club. Yeah. This is good Canadian bland. bland, bland. bland. That's fine yes. too. Yeah. Clearly, we, clearly, we've made it to beer three. Um, yeah, exactly. But Glass Tiger, 1986. It was blocked by When I Think of You by Janet Jackson. Yeah. Do not ask me to sing that because I have no idea. And as somebody who, you know, I'm 13 in 86, right? So this is. Uh, I have no idea. When I, I think no about you, I touch my Oh, <laughs> who sings that? Who sings that, Matt? Madonna? That is Australian band, The Divinals. Yeah, no, in a million Damn, years. <laughs> Again, that's... so I, had, I assumed this was it. <laughs> yeah, no. No. Okay, and, and I get I'm that. You're right? waving at I, them, man. I, 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 I listened to you and Michaela a bit talk about dad Dad rock, rock yeah. Yeah, which was really, I think, just any music that you could be a dad. Yeah, or a granddad. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily had to mean your kid was coming at you, getting up in your grill. I think it just had to do with anything. You could be a dad. So you might that, be a redneck. Yeah, exactly. If you have four cars in your laneway and none of them have leads, Six tires. tires. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so number four, let's, let's, just, let's just carry on. Yep. No, good, good no, call. No, no need to look at that, rack, right? Yeah. Uh, this is now. This is this is beauty. This is a little earlier than me because this is this is early '80s, but this is "Open Arms" by Journey. Yep. Y- y- yeah, I, so this one me, I absolutely know, and I absolutely couldn't believe wasn't a number one at some point. It's the radio play trifecta. Like it's it's easy to sing. It's a well-known band. It's it had everything, man. Despite the fact that I called it a trifecta and named two qualities. <laughs> <laughs> math. It was my understanding there would be no math. <laughs> um, but again, yes, that, that was by Journey mm-hmm. in 1982. So this is pre-Young Matt. Yes. Now, this may have been... Oh, stop <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> We've, we've gone far By the glow of the dash. <laughs> um, so open our, <laughs> I need a second now. I need a second to, uh-huh. I need a second to refocus. Um, there's a pair of Jordash balls. All right. Let's carry on. <laughs> uh, blocked by, okay, here again, this is beauty. Centerfold by the Jay Giles Band. Okay. See, this one I do also recognize at least. Yeah. Okay. Right. So it was uh, Jay Giles Band. And so clearly it. it, it but both of these in. at least had staying power. Yeah. I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, right? Also so held the, uh, yeah, stayed in the way. The number one. So, so your, um, yeah, open arms blocked out by a couple of different songs, mm-hmm. but pretty sweet. But at least all of those you go, yeah, okay, I get that, right? Like, for sure, big all, staying all power hits. Yeah. Uh, number three is is really a song. As somebody who I'm in maybe grade five, grade six when this comes out, and if I never hear this song again, too soon, <laughs> too soon, right? Girls just want to have fun, which, in terms of of cultural awareness and and impact, I am I am blown away by the fact that it did not make it to number one. Yeah. This is, again, WrestleMania weekend, man. The Rock and Wrestling Connection. Number one with WrestleMania number 
Number one, Cindy Lauper was one of that the big. Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, Come on, where, right there, man. That, <laughs> that was uh, she was one of the celebs that launched the original WrestleMania. But um, no, I'm with because we. I think we talked about this song before on the show, and that like it was released in one year and but didn't become a hit till like two or three years later or something. This sound like I think we've talked about this before on the show, but well, one of the most the iconic album, songs ever. Um yeah. and the album it came off of like She Bop and All Through the Night, mm-hmm. all these sorts of things all came off of that album, right? Um and so some of those songs straddled different years, right? This was um Girls she just want to have definitely a, doing a, some straddling. 84. That's right. Yes. That's scissoring. I think you're thinking. <laughs> um, 84. So yeah, some were, I believe 84 into 85. Um, but really in terms of what it was blocked by. So but worth noting before that was this song. And it, and, and again, it, it, it notes it here that this song went on to chart in number one in, in 10 other countries. And so whether that's right. England, Canada, but it, it did reach number one in other places. This is all according to the Billboard Hot 100. Yes. Uh, blocked by, and I got I to gotta tell you, man, it was blocked by Jump, right? Uh, so, I remember reading this. Yeah. This one knocked me over. That that piece of shit blocked. Jump? Yeah. Are you kidding me? That is That is the depths of the worst of Van Halen. Oh, I agree with you. Okay. <laughs> okay. What are we but, arguing about? Well, what we're arguing about is is 1984. Rob Christie <laughs> thought thought Jump was fucking outstanding. <laughs> I love that album, right? That 1984 album. That was my entry point to Van Halen, right? Panama, Hot for Teacher. That all yeah. came off that same album. But Jump with the little synth in the background. Yeah. Oh, I remember the, the, it. The shit that I would come to hate. Right. But I loved it at the time. Like to me, it is the cultural phenomena that well, and, is- and that is a song still played all the time. Right. So again, staying power. Um if hardcore Van Halen fans may want to forget it, but it's at least a worthy entrant into blocking yeah. another huge hit. But it's stunning to me that uh Cindy Lauper never got to number one with that song. Yeah, and I agree with you. Yeah. But to me, the, the the deal was that that jump was. I remember being in high school, and we're talking four or five years later, whatever it is. Yeah. It's late eighties, and and jump coming on at a high school dance. I may be in grade nine, and everybody. It's it's one of those songs that everybody gravitates towards, right? Whether you are a in rock and roll maybe. fan. <laughs> everywhere man <laughs> billboard is telling you right now no, you're right about it, that yeah it's it's given the heisman to cindy lopper <laughs> and, and that's a song that everybody knows right yes. it's it's like forget about it yes it, it, it was huge right in terms of um you know it's 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 popularity it was unstoppable and so that is one of those songs where you go yeah it's but it says right here, it says, uh, okay, blah, 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 blah. Forget it. Okay. Um, but I loved it. And But but as a Van Halen fan now, if if I hear that, and really, if and I hear Panama, hear the if I hear Hot yeah. for Teacher or Jump, like to me, those are all, whew, I'm pitching them over my shoulder. Right. right? No, nobody likes that as a Van Halen fan. 
But um, your mainstream radio classic rock DJs absolutely for sure. love it, right? Like for sure. Yeah. It, whereas if you want to listen to, you know, House of Pain or Top Jimmy, those are both off of that album. And you're like, that, those are good tunes, man. <laughs> Check that shit out. But um, yeah, anyways, but that to me is, is super worthy. Okay. Up to number two. Okay. This again is, is writing your... Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. Just another night out at the strip club. Yeah, for sure. So pour, uh, pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. This is 1988. Mm. Blocked by Hold On to the Nights by Richard Marks. I don't even know it, off the top of my head. I, that one's not coming to me. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. Because to me... <laughs> Hold on to the night sounds like something that may have come off of the, um, oh Christ, uh, help me out. Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Gray. Dirty dancing. Dirty dancing. Yes, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that guy. Clearly another thing that's, that's right in the wheelhouse. It was only Swayze that thick off. I have no idea the other name you mentioned. It's something that must have come off of the dirty dancing soundtrack (laughs) or or, or something, right? Yeah. Pour some sugar on me, and it says here fourth single off of the album, and I'm like, wow. Okay, first of first of all, as a young dirt, <laughs> yes, I love. You know, you have high and dry, on through the night, and pyromania. Those those first three Def Leppard albums, mm-hmm. those are, and especially pyromania. That is, that's a dirt <laughs> must have. <laughs> You know, in terms of all those good things. And, and, and you know, that whole, any of you out there with their, that Gleben, Glauten, Globen, that whole thing that comes from keeping separated. And then the offspring. offspring yeah. It, it actually comes from, I believe, Rock of Ages off the Def Leppard album. Okay. Pyromania. That's where it comes from, right? So when you hear it on, on the radio and you're like, Okay, which one we come? Oh, yeah, this is going to be a few here, <laughs> right? Yeah, this is it, right? It's like when you hear the bells and you go, "Is it Hell's Bells by ACDC or is it Metallica?" And you're like, "Oh, no, for whom the bell tolls?" No, okay. Sadly, it's always Hell's Bells by ACDC. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that I had the Hysteria album, and I liked it, right? Right. Again, it's early in high school for me, yep. but it's absolute trash, to be honest with you. It's 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 the it's it's the it's the 1984 Van Halen album of the Def Leppard fame, right? You're like it is all commercialized. It's it's probably produced by Mutt Lang for any yes. music <laughs> music geeks out there, right? Who are like, oh, what's happening here? It's it's overproduced. It's it's track over track over track laid down. It's yeah, I, I don't like it at all, right? right? But at the time, I you know, so it said, and it's it's one of the things it said was fourth single off the album. I'm like, fourth single? You got Love Bites, you got Animal, and I'm like, I have no idea, right? <laughs> but but to me, it, it it was the biggest single off of the album, but clearly never made it to number one. So we have made it to the number one slot of songs that never made it to number one, according to the random guy who wrote this article. But did we really arrive at number one, Matt? If, if, if you read the article, I got to it and I was like, I'm, I'm confused yep. by, by what is exactly happening here. Agreed. 
Um, so I'll just tell you, good listener, what it shows on the article, which is number one, Raspberry Beret, nineteen eighty five. Purple Rain, 1984, and You Got the Look, 1987. Roxanne? Yeah, okay. (laughs) That's what my better half said, too. (laughs) Okay. You Got the Look better. And I'm like, yeah, Roxanne. No, No. it's not. She's got the look, yeah. Right. And so that's 1987 by Prince. So all, so then it says, blocked by A View to a Kill by Duran Duran, uh, Wake Me Up. Before you go, go wham, wham, and oh, wake me up before you go, go by wham, and lost in emotion by Lisa Lisa <laughs> and the Cold Jam. Yeah, baby, there's 1987 jumping up and biting you right in the ass. <laughs> so, what a terrible song! All of this caught me off guard because let me just throw down the fact that in Matt's little world, Prince might be the most overrated act of all time. So his three songs there now, Purple Rain has stood the test of time, a classic, a song everybody knows. The fact that they threw in a couple extras there is to me overkill and, and I guess just worshiping at the altar of, of Prince. But I only recognize Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go as one of the ones that blocked it. Like to me, this whole thing at number one is weak. Like this is well behind five through two in terms of impact. So sorry, wake me up before you go, go. Yeah. I know that. I know that one. I don't know the other two that blocked all of uh, Prince's shit here. Uh, Well, the A View to a Kill by Duran Duran. Yeah, I don't know that one. Was the theme song to a Bond movie. Okay. Right, View to a Kill. Yeah. So to me, that is, it's not even in in the top 10 Duran Duran tunes. No. And this is one of those exercises where if somebody started playing it, you go, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, you and you would know A View to a Kill. But to me, it goes to number one due to its affiliation with the Bond film. Right. The movie that summer pushed this song to number one. Exactly. And Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam. Yeah. No fucking lost in a Lost in emotion. Like to me, that is grade eight or grade I'm nine. I'm stuck in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No! <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's, it's trash. It's trash. <laughs> but it is late 80s. I'm wearing a, a winter coat with like neon yellow yeah. and pink and maybe purple on it. I have no idea, right? Like this is right. your chip and pepper time. It's like bad shit's going on. <laughs> no one's proud of what's happening at, right at that moment. But right. um, to me, Prince, you say overrated. Yeah. I, I don't understand it at all, what you're talking about there. Okay. Like, that is a guy who you listen to, and you listen to any of his tunes, and you're like, that guy gets away with so much crazy shit. If I was to say that, people would be like, you're fucking crazy. But he's he just says, he's a guy who, could, who somehow managed to get away with saying, and, and I don't know how to say it, right? Sexy shit. Like, they're just, <laughs> it, it, to me, it's... It's it's like, and it, and it comes across as like legit. He's like Shaft. I have no idea, right? It's just shut your mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so Prince, to me, he somehow found this magical middle spot, right? Which a little bit, a little bit, Dave Matthews has also. Okay. I I know I got a soft spot. Okay, and, and I and I'm open to it. I Dave Matthews is people, but 
Prince to me is the guy who could just would say whatever, right? It's and get away guy. with it. It's just a guy making random pop music. It's um well, what's what's your deal? We I think we could all fall under that umbrella. Yeah, well, and this is it. I, I just don't there's a pile of trash out there that I don't like that or that the band or the artist I don't like where I go, okay, that hits a toe tapper or that song, I at least get it. I don't get it with Prince. I don't know what people are so into. Well, I don't and, understand. And, and clearly all those songs only made it to number two, man. Yeah. You, you're not alone. On my man. side. <laughs> I'm on team wham over here. <laughs> yeah. Although, although there is, there is something to be said off that same purple rain album. It, it was so let's go crazy. Made it to number one. Right. And when doves cry was absolutely top one. one or yeah. top one or two. I think it may have taken backseat in the, in the yearly number ones to every breath you take by, by the police. <laughs> okay. Like to me, that is That's a, the arrow we're swimming in here. <laughs> for sure. It is for sure. It is. And so Again, I, I am on the cusp of, 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 well, I'm certainly thinking about grabbing some ass. I think that's <laughs> right there in this. And so you're the only one home, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it, it is do what my you got to do. But <laughs> it's absolutely my ass, but that's all right. Neither yeah. here nor there. That is, but I, I am blown away by the 80s and their Ario Speedwagon and, <laughs> and Foreigner like yeah. power ballads and the amount of Lionel Richie, both solo and duets with Diana Ross and shit like endless love. You're like, are you, I saw that somewhere. I think it was up near the top. Wasn't it? It was. Yeah. And, and, but it spent like 10 weeks at number one. You're like my endless love. I cannot hear that song without picturing the Zamboni driver from happy Gilmore. For sure, Matt. And this is this is where you, this that's is where the era at. that Matt comes from. Well, but that guy is also grabbing his own ass. Yeah, for right? sure. He's just giving her. <laughs> he's looking. He's looking around. And you're like, oh, that guy's creepy. Super creepy. <laughs> I guess that's where we'll wind this one down. We uh, have Dan Schulman coming up later on. What in, Dan? Yes, later on this week. He'll talk to us a little bit about what this last year or so has been like for him, and uh, we'll have some Blue Jays questions for him as well. So that'll be Wednesday morning. Make sure you're subscribed. Um, I guess we'll... Oh, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. The Leafs are doing a thing. The Leafs have done a thing. Uh, The Leafs have made a deal. It's a three-way trade with Columbus and San Jose. San Jose was one of those teams with Chicago and Detroit... And I think there was one other LeBron had reported that were willing, like had made it known to the league, we'll take your money, right? Or we'll eat some cap in, in order to get a pick or two. So stick with us here. This is breaking. If anything changes, you know, by the time you've heard it, understand that this is just coming across Twitter right now. Um, the Leafs are acquiring from Columbus, Nick Felino, <laughs> as I referenced a little while ago. Uh, As Matt would love to do. Yeah, we'll, uh, and maybe I didn't. We'll see in editing, (laughs) whether I did or not. (laughs) Um, Toronto has traded a first round pick this year and a fourth round pick next year to Columbus for Nick Foligno. First, Nick Foligno is going, uh, Columbus is keeping 50% of Foligno's salary. Before he comes to Toronto, Nick Felino is touching down in San Jose, who will take 50% of what's remaining of his cap 
and then shipping him on to Toronto. So Toronto has Nick Foligno at 25% of his cap after you do that math. In order to get San Jose to do that, Toronto is sending their 2021 fourth round pick to San Jose. Uh, and San Jose is also sending Stefan Nason to Toronto. I'll be totally honest with you. I've seen Stefan Nason around. I have no idea if he's playing this year. I have no idea what his stats are. Uh, you know, is this yeah. a depth forward? Do they think he's going to play? Is it no, an LT? No, he's absolutely going to be a depth forward. Yeah. I, I, I firmly believe. So, you know, we don't have all the details on that. But there it is, man. Um, you were higher on this just an hour ago than I was. I I was interested in Felino, but not at that price. Yep. Kyle has paid that price. Plus, um, I don't know. Well, to me, I, I, I I like the move. It's, it's going to be one of those things where, yeah, I I get where you say you don't think Felino's worth a first and, and I, I do get that in any other year. Yep. To me, this year is a little different in what's left and he is much more what they need. And I like it, whether you put him down on that second line or, on a third line, I, I I like what Nick is going to bring in terms of he is gritty. Mm-hmm. He is play. He is a playoff player, and to me, he is just what Toronto needs. Not a lot of points this year here as I'm scrolling through. I, I, Seven goals, I think I said, yeah, and I, as I right. said to you, I'm I'm not sure about his assists. I'm not sure where that is. I but agree that, with that you. Is, he's an he's an elevate in the spring guy. To me, that that is exactly where he is. I have to assume, and and this is a mess as I scroll through Twitter here. People love it. People hate it. I got two fan bases weighing in at at least. Um, I I do get the idea of going all in and, and this is a year to do it. They, they will not, I don't think, and this is one of those statements that I make that I'll hear about. Should they choke in the first round again or whatever? They won't have a clearer path than this. To the conference final. So you, I get putting all your chips in. I have to assume that this means this is, if you're trading your first to do this, this is the biggest thing Kyle's going to do, uh, before the deadline would be my assumption because I just don't see them with the cap implications that they have, like they're going to need guys to play cheap. So I don't even know, even if they were prepared to, if they could trade, Robertson or Sandin, right? You're going to need guys playing on entry level contracts here for the next couple of years. Right. And, and you don't want to make those. You don't want to, I don't want to do those. No, either. I was much no. happier to do a pick than a, so Kyle's decided this is, this is the one, uh, this is the guy that he's going with. I, I don't have a problem with the addition. Yeah. My first blush, just like I said, an hour ago is it's expensive, but if they've decided this is the all in year and this is the best guy available. And that was the price you do have to keep in mind, I suppose, part of the price that he's paid here isn't just for the player. He hasn't said Nick Felino's worth the first round. He said Nick Felino and 50% of the cap, right? That costs you something too. Um, for sure. Is worth the first rounder. So I assume this means things are going to be pretty quiet on Monday for Toronto. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong, but once you've dealt your first round pick and, and you and I agree, you don't really want to trade any of those few premium prospects you have. You know, you don't have a lot else to do. I, I wouldn't think. Well, and and for me personally, yeah, I think the two best teams in the North Division, mm-hmm. 
are Toronto and Winnipeg. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I expect Winnipeg by 3 p.m. Monday will find a defenseman. Oh, and I, I can't wait to see what that is. See, to me, that that's another spot that, that Savard would look good. Yes. Um, but and, and if they could have pulled the trigger earlier on that Ekholm trade before Nashville made its way back into the playoff yep. mix down there, yep. um, that would have also been a, a home run of a – but we'll see what they do. But in terms of what they have going up front, um, what they have in net, and then their their sort of patchwork growing defense. Yep. Winnipeg to me is clearly the second team. I'll be super interested and and super stoked as a as an impartial bystander to watch a Toronto Montreal first round playoff. That very will be rarely impartial in any game Toronto plays. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true, and I and I want to see Montreal. I think Toronto is clearly the better team. Yeah. But I, I like some of the ingredients in a playoff run that Montreal could throw at them. Yeah. But to me, this is what Toronto needs. I think this is, and that's and that that low, low first round pick. Yep. Is 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 high, but it like I said, it's gonna be a 29 or 30, 31 pick. So it's it's really at the end of the day, yeah, throw it in, man. You're right in the spot where you go. That's a guy you can use. For and, sure. And I, th- I think Felino is a playoff performer. I like it for the Leafs. Right. I think it's what they need. And yeah, I, I, to me, this is, and we, just rewind the tape, baby. <laughs> I, sa- I said yep, this before it happened that the first may be an overpayment, but it to me is, is the price of doing business right now. I think that's right. Um, like I said, and I, just like you, I'm on the record. I like the player. I don't love this price, so we'll see, right? Um, but if this is all he's going to do, then I, I guess what the hell difference would make, right? The first was going to go somewhere to try and improve the team. If this is the best he can do, then, then whatever. What else would you have liked them to see? I, what I, would you have? Yeah, I know. You're looking for me to give you a name. I, I To me, before Nashville jumped back into it, you mentioned Ekholm. I was interested in Granlund, right? A good two-way guy could play some center, could maybe fill that spot from time to time at 3C where – They've had a little trouble. He kills penalties, uh, can make plays. That's off the table because Nashville's back in it. There was some talk about Jaden Schwartz as the Blues fell out of it, and then the Blues jumped back in it. I would have really liked a Jaden Schwartz, right, as on an expiring deal. There were other guys out there, right, that I just wonder, as this uh, this this young up-and-coming team, the average age, man, keeps pulling a little, a little higher with every move, right? And uh, Felino's 33. He's not over the moon and you're not tied yeah. to him forever, but a first round pick for, I, I just don't know. Right. I, I can't say it any high second. Essentially. It's totally fine. Matt. <laughs> right. Get, get past it. And that's the price to do really high third, of, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really high third. Yeah. But that's, that is the price of it, your team. It appears to be man. Do but not, not only that's the price of your team being super competitive and, and good. Right, is your first round pick. I thought Kyle really, was gonna shock me. That's all. If the first yeah. rounder was going, he was Kyle was gonna be the one again who found something that everyone yeah. went, Oh you you'd have to give up the second best Robertson and maybe Sandine, <laughs> right? Like you'd have to yeah. you gotta Looks give like up that. something if if you want and, and but you are in the spot now where you are giving up picks and you yes. are giving up prospects because you have to be all in in this next Three years. I think this is that golden window for Toronto, right? So as we wrap this up, in your mind, uh, it, it appears Toronto has made their splash. They've spent their first. 
Um, the Isles have gone out and done the, the Palmieri thing. At 3 p.m. on Monday afternoon, is Taylor Hall still sitting in Buffalo? No. But somebody's going to overpay for him. And at this be point now... Yeah, well, that's that's that to me it is might be, if it was if you forced me to bet right now, because there was talk you might go there last off season, right? I, can, can the can the Knights make this happen? Ooh, <laughs> they played like a week or two ago with 16, 17 guys. They couldn't even afford to ice a. Floor. No, I, I I know I know, but they always but, find a way. I, Everyone went say, I mean, Petrangelo. There's no chance they can fit him. There it goes. <laughs> so yeah, you, and you're paying twelve million and change for your goalies, <laughs> yeah. and you go. But to me, you look at it and go, I don't know, man. The guy, he, with the way people are retaining salary for yeah, picks and yeah. whatever else now, and you go, all right, trade him through Ottawa, man. I want some of that sweet retaining of salary. For, <laughs> do that, man. Yeah. Like weaponize your your cap space. This yep. is what I want to see. And so, yeah, could he yeah. go through Chicago and then through San Jose or Ottawa and then to Vegas at just picking up a little salary yeah, all the way 75 along. bucks for the rest of the I year. have no picks next year, but I yeah. have them. They're quietly all in too. That's an interesting one. So you think he will be moved on the dead on deadline? I think day. I, I think I think he will. Yeah. Right? At the end of the day, I think Buffalo would be happy to get anything for him at this point, right? right. I think they're just pitching shit overboard. Yep, I, looks like. I think they're they're happy to get, as opposed to they let him walk for nothing, right? They'd take a second. I wouldn't pay a first for him either. No. Right? I wouldn't so, mind of seeing the Leafs go after Allmark more than Hall, right? Like, yeah, can we get okay. a little security? The same with Forsberg here in Ottawa. Right? Something, something in between Campbell and Hutch. That and that would be fantastic. Some sort of security <laughs> blanket, man. So. Uh, there you have it. Just before we wrap up, the, the way this normally works is we wrap up the show. Rob goes along his way. I get about two minutes into my editing and the news breaks. So nice that this one at least dropped before we wrapped her up. Long-winded. Uh, yeah. The Leafs make their move. Nick Felino is a, well, in seven days, will be a member of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, as well as, I'll do some, follow on Twitter, at Audio. I'll have thoughts on Stefan Nason after I've determined whether he's even still in the fucking league right now. <laughs> Could you be in Switzerland or something, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no fucking idea. Just lighten up the Swiss league. Uh, we'll wind this one down. We are on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio. Dan Schulman is on the podcast on Wednesday. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we will see you on the next episode of TallCanAudio. See ya. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.